we weren't creative enough and we weren't positive enough. We'll be discussing the Euro 2020 final on the Cork Hill Network. And here's Gascoigne. Brilliant play! Oh! Take a bow for that! Welcome to Shearer's Island, the final episode of our Euro 2020 series. I'm Danny and I'm joined by Dan. Oh yeah. And Kev. Evening. How do we all feel now it's now it's over? I just feel a bit disappointed and let down, really. I think Southgate got it completely wrong. I mean the week before we were singing his praises, and then I think he's just completely I think he, I think he's to blame, and he's come out and he said he's to blame. But you could you could just sit there and you could just see the way the whole game was going. Fifty-five minutes, sixty minutes, it took a turn, didn't it? And it was from then on, it was just completely one-sided. He got his subs wrong. He got the timing of the subs wrong. He got the extra time subs wrong. He got. I mean, he, I don't think he got anything right. I'm definitely upset, and I, I, I'm. You know, borderline depressed over it, but I, I don't, I don't agree with that to be honest. I, th- I think tournament as a whole, this is the best we've looked for more than a decade, um, maybe even two. I think if if you add up everything, you can't really put all the blame on Southgate, in my opinion. Could we have done things differently? Yeah, of course we could. Every football game, you could do things differently, and things will work out different, but. I mean, we came up against the side that played their first game and everyone said, oh, they're going to win this, aren't they? And we took them all the way. We looked really good. We had the best part of, you know, if you include half-time and added time, we had the best part of 75, 85 minutes as a country of utter euphoria. And then, you know, they got a lucky jammy goal that arguably you could say was coming. But nah, no disappointment. This is the best tournament I can remember watching for a variety of reasons, not just England. And it's only made me look forward to the World Cup more. I yeah, think we threw know, it away, like, like we threw the, the Croatia game away. I did message, didn't I? I think in the group chat, probably about 20 minutes in, I think I said this this game's got the Croatia game written all over it. But I agree with both of you. I I, I do think Southgate got a lot wrong. The timing of the subs, everyone's scratching their heads. Whilst Mancini's, you know, bringing subs on to try and win the game, Southgate's just sort of stood there with his hands in his pockets, looking a little bit like a, a lost puppy. But I still don't think he lost us the game. I think Italy were just far better than us. And you're right, Dan. Best tournament, I mean, you said two decades. I'd say this is our best side since Euro 96. In fact, I'd argue that this 11, as it is now, versus the 11 against the Euro 96 team, I, I think it'd be a really tight game. And that was a that was a good side. Obviously, you, had, you know, Gaza, Shearer, Seaman, Sheringham, you know, all these these great players. And I reckon they'd, they'd take it all the way. Whereas previous sides, not that they didn't have great individuals, you look at the golden generation, I still don't think, you know, that side beats this side. 
um, even with those, you know, mega stars. I really don't. I just feel really flat overall. I'm not disappointed that we lost the game. Well, obviously I am, but not. I, I had no expectations going into the game. I said in the chat and I that we'd lose, um, and it weren't just being pessimistic. I genuinely just thought we would lose, but I just feel really flat now. The whole tournament's over. It's like what, what we got to look forward to now, like nothing. <laughs> but you're I mean? saying that as a as a Nottingham Forest fan, where the only thing you've got to look forward to in terms fair of football point. is relegation upcoming. That's a fair point. And do you know what? You, you, you're trying to fish there, Dan. But as it stands, <laughs> we are going down. Um, oh, absolutely. I'm happy to put that on record. Unless we sign about at least eight players, I reckon we'll get relegated. But yeah, no, you're right, I think. But it's like, it's an event, isn't it? And like doing these podcasts, it's been fun. I've been drinking and, you know, by the time we we start rolling, I'm already a bit a bit pissed do you know what I mean it's just just a laugh now I'm, I'm sat here with a cup of tea do you know what I mean <laughs> so it's like and it, it sort of feels like just doing this episode like feels like well we've got to do it it's the last one we've we just got to get it over and done with but no I, I'm coming away from it you know feeling of course sad that we did win but no disappointment it's been our best tournament for 55 years how can we sit here and you know bitch and moan about that Exactly. I just think there was two big moments that I genuinely do think cost us the game. I mean, like I say, we didn't really create or look like a team pushing for anything from 60 minutes onwards. So when that game went to extra time, I can't understand why he didn't bring on Rashford and Sancho at that point. When he could see Italy making their subs, it was almost like he was holding on. And yeah. to bring him on towards the end of the extra time just for the penalties... Just made, it didn't make any sense with the players that he had on the pitch. It did feel like, didn't it, that he was playing for for penalties, which is bizarre because it's England. Maybe he was thinking, well, we've won two in a row now. He's seen them practicing penalties in training. Maybe he thought, you know, the look was in. No team has won more than one penalty shootout in a Euros before. Obviously, Italy had already won, so maybe he was thinking all of those things. And yeah, it, it backfired. But as I say, I think as an overall. You know, Italy were by far the better side. If if that had gone to penalties and we'd won those penalties, that for me would have been the one of the biggest steals in international football history. Do you know what I mean? Like we we'd have come from that as winners, but undeserved winners because Italy were just miles better than what we were. Does anyone actually think as well? Like obviously. My prediction was 2-0 Italy, and within a minute that had gone out the window when we got an early goal. Does anyone actually think that that goal might have actually done us more harm than good? Because it made Italy wake up, didn't it, and think, oh, hang on a sec, you know, these these aren't going to take it lying down, and they come at us. And whereas we seem to sit back and, you know, try to play out the rest of the game for, for a 1-0. I, th- I think it did, but it's not... It's just Southgate's game plan. We've spoken about it all throughout the season. Whenever we come up, uh, sorry, the tournament, whenever we come up against these these bigger sides like Germany and stuff, we always try and get the first goal and then sit behind it. And I think our, our game management is good. You know, I, I can't fault it necessarily, but I don't think we can rely on on one goal leads to just carry through. And we tried to do it against Croatia in 2018. It didn't work. Um, we got away with it against Croatia this year. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. we, we keep we keep just trying to struggle it out. And I, I don't know. 
It's going to work against the Republic in Croatia. It's not going to work against Italy or or France or someone. Of course. I mean, if you'd have gone 1-0 up after an hour, fair enough. Then, you know, defend for 30 minutes. We're capable of defending for 30 minutes. No team is capable of defending for 89 minutes against, you know, a side that were the best side of the tournament. Everyone was saying it all the way through. From the first game, everyone was saying, oh, Italy's going to be bringing something to this table. You can't sit back and defend for, for 89 minutes. But saying that, even if we didn't do that, and even if we'd attacked them, it's, it's still not a given that we'd have gone on to win that game because Italy were just that good, I thought. And they've, they've come away winners, and they deserve to be winners. It definitely come too soon. Um, even going 1-0 ahead, I think you're then looking at Southgate at a plan B, already going 1-0 up. Because I think, like I say, your your, your game plan and your tactics that you set up for have gone out the window for both yeah. teams. Yeah, completely. So then you're, I think he's already thinking, right, now I need to change things or do I stick with what we went out for? And like you say, it's we sort of just sat back. Um, early goals like that just kill the game. I mean, you only have to look at the Champions League final with Liverpool and Tottenham. That was a pretty shit game. And it was... It was because of that early penalty. I mean, one nil, and then again, there was nothing. The whole game was just—it it killed it off. It really did. Um, it seems to have done us more harm than good. Yeah. Yeah, I generally think it did um, because our, our game would have just been completely different had it still been nil nil. But I'd have rather have us have gone one nil up and then you know carried on playing. It's the old Sunday League phrase, isn't it? You know, play like it's still nil-nil. I'd prefer us just to carry on as we were rather than just sitting back and inviting Italy on. But as we said, you know, they are the they are the best team in the tournament and it's disappointing that we didn't win. But young team, you know, great experience, in it? Being in a final. Like I said, first final in 55 years. And I felt more nervous for the Denmark game than I did about this game because I just wanted to see us in a final. I know that sounds really tin pot and sort of lack of ambition, but just to, just to be there, it was it was uh, it was great, and it was it was a great occasion, wasn't it? Unfortunately, it was spoiled by you know a minority of dickheads, you know, storming the ground and storming the pitch and sticking flares up the balloon knots. But you know that aside, it was still a great occasion. And I'm just glad we were part of it. Yeah, I think the penalties were disappointing. Um, the way they were taken, I'm not a fan of all this little tiptoe dancing. Just put your laces through it. Just hit it and pick your target. I mean, both of the penalties, well, all three of them, it was sort of, they try to do these fancy little stops, don't they? And mind games with the keepers. And look at Maguire's penalty. Steps up, didn't think twice, put his laces through and it goes in the top corner. A lot of penalties you see now, don't you? They try and do these little penenkas and little sort of dances and stops and putting the keeper. I think there's just no need for it. It's uh, I'm not a fan of them at all. And I think, yeah, if they'd have... Uh, if, it's, if Rashford had stepped up and just booted it, he'd have probably scored. The thing is as well, though... Donnarumma was voted player of the tournament 
So we was up against player of the tournament. And I know what you're saying with the, the little tiptoes that they do and trying to do the mind games, but they should have just stepped up and just smashed it. Yeah. They? They'd have been better off doing that, smashing it and hoping for the best than they would do in all the, the fancy dance stuff, I reckon. But what do you think to the choice of penalty takers then? Because a lot have been said about that in terms of obviously in bringing on uh Rashford and Sancho just to take a penalty and people saying that was... Managers do that all the time in tournaments and cups. So if it had paid off, it would be seen as a masterstroke, wouldn't it? So I don't have a problem with that. What I do have a problem is them letting Saka go up and taking that crucial penalty. That was completely... Yeah, that was the killer. There's no way he should have been put on that fifth penalty. I mean, Pickford was next after him, wasn't he? He was the he was Pickford was the sixth penalty taker and then Grealish was the seventh. Um, but to put Saka under that pressure, I said as soon as he stepped up, I said he's a kid. He, 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 he yeah, it just it was just too much pressure for him. Fifty five years of pressure, the whole country. It it was just too much for him, and I feel sorry for him. Um, but again, you look at Rashford and Sancho; they they put him in that position. I mean, I don't want to dig anyone out, but you've got to be scoring. You've you've got to at least sort of uh, be trying to score. They were just weak, just weak penalties. But I don't understand why he brought Rashford on, because his penalty record's very, very good. So bringing him on to take a penalty just made a lot of sense. Yeah, Rashford's the only one that did make sense, though. I mean, Saka's never yeah. taken a senior penalty in his entire career. You know, however short it is, you know, two, three years, he's never taken a penalty. And Sancho, I think, has taken one in the shootout for Borussia. But you know, like, it's just there's there's no real comparison, is there? I mean, you you've got to be put in players that at least are second choice, if not first, for their clubs, not you know wingers who have barely played any of the tournament. It, it makes no sense. And Southgate knows this better than anyone, doesn't he? The pressure and, and what exactly. it means to miss a penalty and the stick you get. And I'd, I was thinking to myself the other day, actually, like, obviously, we've lost a lot of penalty shootouts. It's just what we do as, as England. And Euro 96, Italian night, uh, those two are the big ones. We've lost that many since that it doesn't seem like they even matter. Like, Euro 2012, I know we lost a penalty shootout. I can't think who missed the crucial penalty off the top of my head. Whereas, obviously, you and 96, you know, it was Southgate. Um, it, this penalty shoot, obviously, it's in the final, is going to be remembered for years, isn't it? And that's, unless Saka does something amazing with his career now, that's how his career is going to be defined. And it's such a shame. I just don't think he should have been stepped up. But the only thing I will say as well is that after he missed it, uh, Phillips ran straight to him to obviously console him. Where was Kane? Kane's his captain. He should have been the first one to run straight to Saka. Um, I, 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 just to leave him hanging there like that, I just thought was was terrible. Hopefully he bounces back, but it can it can break you this type of thing, especially the the shit that's coming out on social media from all the you know absolute dickheads. I think the worst. The worst of it will be um, Pickford. I mean, he saved two penalties and we still lost. <laughs> yeah. Lock. It's just what it meant to be, was it? 
he's got to be gutted. He, he's got to be gutted. And yes, yes, he was confident, wasn't he? He was confident. You look when he um, who was it? He was stepping up for the, the penalty, and he saved it. The second one. I can't remember who it was now. I can't remember. You know, I've got to be honest, I had my head in my hands. <laughs> and he was talking to himself, was just... wasn't he? And he was psyching himself up and he was t- telling himself, yeah, no problem, no problem. Yeah. And he, he, he steps up and uh, saves it. That's what I mean. We saved two penalties and still lost. It just, it wasn't meant to be, was it? And, you know, I still, it, it, I do feel really flat, but at the same time, still glad we got to a final. It was, we took it all the way as well. We lost on penalties, which, let's face it, is a bit of a lottery. You know, if different circumstances, different penalty takers, you know, we'd be sat here having a totally different conversation right now. So I still think we should look back and be really, really proud and really pleased on how far we come. And, yeah, I think Southgate got a lot wrong. But I still think that overall, you know, it's been great. I know you two said we'd win the tournament. You'd predict us to, but... I think even deep down, did you really honestly think we was going to win Euro 2020? I did. Yeah. Yeah, I think sort of uh, Wembley, home advantage, I think it was just written in the stars. I think it was meant to happen. See, I don't think home advantage actually means that much. So there's been six hosts in Euro finals now three apiece it was three two so three had won two had lost obviously now England losing makes it three all and at one stage it was three nil so all three finalists that have played on home soil had won and then obviously in recent years uh, France um, last time um, Portugal yeah against Greece and now England so do you think Omer does it it obviously counts less than what it used to so I don't think so much the home advantage was a massive favour. Um, I generally think we'd have made the final anyway, even if it was in a different country. I just think the way it was at Wembley, I think everyone was just sort of telling themselves it was meant to be sort of thing, wasn't it? Written in the stars. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think then... that... The atmosphere was was really really good. As I say, apart from the you know the the morons who obviously ruined it and have potentially ruined us hosting a World Cup in the you know near future as well, which is an absolute shame. Oh, there's no way we're getting that World Cup now. No yeah. way. I'm not saying two wrongs make a right, but you know look at look at all the violence in Russia and Brazil in you know recent tournament history. France. Last time there was loads of you know scrapping on the streets. And I think it'd be a shame now, if for the sake of a, a few morons, that if we don't get to host the tournament, because no country is better equipped. And you know we we saw that in in the final as well, the atmosphere and how passionate you know England are about football and singing. It's coming home, blaring out. And the other thing I'll say about that as well is Italy was saying they were using that as ammunition, but I don't think anyone, when they sing as football fans, as England football fans, when they're singing it's coming home, don't necessarily mean we are going to win this tournament. It's just, it's just an anthem that we sing, and it's, it's sometimes it's quite ironic, isn't it? Even when we've had you know piss poor sides in recent years, we still chanted it's coming home, even if we're already out, <laughs> it's yeah. still coming home. Do you know what I mean? It's, it doesn't necessarily mean it's not an arrogant 
thing is what I'm trying to say. I don't think anyway. I saw this stat. I think they said about 5,000 ticket list fans got in. That's a hell of an that's a hell of an amount of yeah. That's more than a security failure, isn't it? Fire. I mean, I don't understand how you, the stewards were letting people in with 200 quid, 100 quid, whatever they were being bribed. So I don't know how many people got in that way. Um, but they had the seats, didn't they? Because well, this is it. So it would have been hard so to track. I mean, we've been, been to Wembley a few times. I've sometimes I've walked in before with nothing. And then I've been another time and you've got to take your bottle cap off your bloody bottle of Coke and they're patting you down. And I just don't, it's, it's, I suppose it's hit and miss. Um, I wouldn't say it's the hardest stadium I've ever got into though. So it does make you wonder. But again, you say it's a minority and it probably was a minority given the amount of people that were there. But it was, wasn't just a handful, was it? No, there was but, a lot of people. And it's embarrassing. And this is what I hate. This is why everyone ridicules me for the club before country and scouts not English. But it, I just find it so embarrassing. And I don't like to associate myself with England fans. We've always had a reputation, haven't we, England fans? And obviously when England... Uh, got banned English clubs got banned from Europe didn't they in the uh, was it early 90s or late 80s whenever it was um there's a reason for that wasn't it Kev yeah everyone's every club's got bad yeah every club's got the obviously the bad supporters and the trouble causes but I just see England as I don't know they, they just seem you look at the crowd that were there and they're all sort of Millwall West Ham fans look like EDL members like I don't know I just hate it all it, it I know just, what you mean I, yeah old fat bloke's named Steve oh, fat, they, yeah. Yeah, they ju- I just hate it all and like I say Liverpool fans are no, no angels obviously like you just stated the English clubs got banned and every team has them but uh... But I know what you mean. The English fans are seen as yobbos, aren't they? But yeah. and again, I'm, I'm, two wrongs don't make a right, so that's not what I'm trying to say. But it's not just England fans. Remember Russia? Those guys would come in with MMA gloves on. Oh God, yeah. And, <laughs> you know they <laughs> they were right up for it, weren't they? So it's it's every, every club and every country has hooligans. Um, it's just under the microscope more and obviously there was a security breach at Wembley that needs to be addressed and sorted out for next time we you know we host a big game but the the one thing I will say is it doesn't help matters when you've got Tom Cruise getting a seat over an English football fan I'm not saying that's, that's good enough reason to riot but what I am saying is if you really really want to go to that game and you can't get a ticket because Matey from Mission Impossible's got one. It's, it's going to piss you off, isn't it? Of course, yeah. I, I think it's important to note that, that like, the violence wasn't just at Wembley, though. Like, it, it was countrywide. Everything kicked off in a lot of places. I, mean, I, I watched it in Manchester City Centre on uh, the court steps in Spinningfield. And there were bottles getting thrown all throughout the game, fights kicking off. Someone got fucking bottled in front of me. Like, it, it was insane throughout the game, even when we were winning. And after the last penalty got saved, the barrage of fireworks and, and flares and, and bottles that got thrown, like we all had to leg it. 
and like as we were leaving like riot police were coming in it was like, it was it was bad so it's not it's not just Wembley you can't say it's yeah. all just like Millwall fans or whatever it's, no, like, no, it's, just... it's a culture in this country that for some reason football means violence I'll tell and you what it is it's Green Street and it's Football Factory people watch these films and they go oh that's that's a bit of me that what i want to be and then you see matey with his stone island jumper doing his little squaring up to the mirror you know that video please please tell me you've seen that <laughs> yeah video. yeah in the changing you know, room and people look at the likes of danny dyer and they think oh that's that's what i want to be and you see it in the vocab as well they're calling everyone a mag and giving it all or what it is let's have a let's have a meet we'll have a meet I think they just can't handle the beer. They've had a few lines. I mean, there was Italian uh, restaurants around here. They were smashed up. Some in Bourne, one in Sleaford. Just, just like smashed up all the chairs and everything outside. And I think to myself, it would probably happened if we weren't all lost. Italian food is delicious. Why would you want to ruin that? Having said that, a lot of people are boycotting pizza now, aren't they? Oh, that's fucking stupid. You won't, I won't boycott a pizza if it really slaps us 13 nil. I can tell you that much. Well, uh, I had lasagna last day. night, so... <laughs> exactly. <laughs> stupid behaviour, that is. Talk about cutting your nose off to spite your face. <laughs> is there anything else to say about the game? I don't think there is, is there? I think... I can't think of any. It was a pretty boring game, wasn't it? wasn't the best was it wasn't much i mean i don't really know i didn't really see that much of it <laughs> yeah you were in a crowd of people weren't you no, well yeah i mean I, I got the worst possible point on the steps i think considering i'm you know five foot seven and can't see past my own fucking nose yeah i i, I didn't see much of the game at all to be honest i saw the pens because i'd moved but i, was I think that's the thing about these bigger games say i i mean i was i sat home and this one we watched it with the kids and that and we watched it, but Liverpool Champions League final, I was at a big fan park. And I could tell you now, the only things I remember about that game is the penalty and Origi scoring at the end. The rest <laughs> of it, I, 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 I couldn't tell you. I don't even think I watched it. I think everyone was just getting pissed and singing and jumping around. And, yeah, it's I an can't. occasion more than a match, though, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. The only thing I'll say about the game as well itself is um, everyone's ranting and raving about how good the referee in this. I think the referee in this game was shocking. I'm not using that as an excuse, but he let loads go for Italy. That challenge on Grealish, that was a red if I've ever seen one. And uh, he was just, he was almost like their their 12th man. Again, I'm not saying we'd have won if decisions had gone in our favour because there weren't anything... Like apart from the red card, they weren't like he denied us a clear penalty or anything like that. But I thought the referee, if that's the best we've got in Europe to referee a final, then we've got we've got problems. That was a red one it all day long. I mean, you go up, studs up, and you go, you know, smashing into, you know, if Rooney against Portugal in 06 or Beckham against Argentina in 98 are red cards, then that certainly was a red card. Well, it is the thing. It, it takes... What, 30 seconds? I think they proved in this tournament it takes 30 seconds to go over to the monitor and check something from all the angles they want you to. It doesn't have to take the two and a half, three minutes out of the game that it does in England. It, at, at this level, you can do it in under a minute and VAR and check it and you know, make, make the game go short. Like, I, don't, I don't really see the point in having that system in place, yeah. seeing the tackles that Chiellini and Jorginho made, and then not posing to the ref, or actually, mate, you know, I know you've made your decision, but maybe just go and look at it from a different angle because actually it's worse than I think you think it is. Yeah. 
just radio Dan, just say, hang on, we've we've just seen this from a, a different angle, looks a bit dodger. You go know, and have a look you, at what you think. Yeah, go, yeah. go and take another look. That what's is the, the entire the point, point of having the system. <laughs> exactly. So why not use it? They use it for like, you know, for penalties and stuff like that. But at the same time, what's to say that wouldn't have changed the game? If Italy were down to 10 men, which they should have been, What's to say we wouldn't have then capitalised on it? I don't think we would have done because we were just too negative. No, well, I think we would. What's you t- to say you we take a player like Jorginho out of that side. Jorginho is probably the player that should have won the, the player of the tournament, really. And, I mean, Jesus Christ, it changes everything for me because they don't have that tempo maker in the middle of the park. It, it's like taking Kante out of France. It, it changes the game completely. And that attack was in, what, like 75th, 78th minute? So we've then got 10 minutes of normal time and then the entirety of extra time to make that man advantage count. And that is when I think you'd see Southgate making the changes like Sancho and, and Rashford on earlier because we would take advantage of the pace and the extra player. You would hope uh, that Southgate would have used that opportunity. I mean, obviously it's by the by and it didn't happen, but yeah, yeah, you would you would hope. But no, just going back to Southgate then, um, like I said, I think he did get a lot wrong, but I don't think you can blame him too much for the loss. I think we're losing that game anyway, personally. Southgate in or out? 100% in. 100% in. There's no doubt in my mind that he's the man to, to lead England for the foreseeable. I mean, a semi-final in the World Cup, the finals in the Euros. Speaks for itself, doesn't it? Exactly. He's incredible. I, I don't care what anyone says anymore. Like He is sensational. He makes a couple of mistakes here and there, but everyone does. Yeah, I think, like I said, I think his decisions during the final for me were really disappointing. But you got to look at the big picture, and like you say, semi-final in the World Cup and a final for final first time in 55 years, first semi-final um, at the time. Uh, quick maths was it 23 years? Shit, 22. No, 22. I, I don't think there's anyone else really who DFA would want or at the minute. I mean. There's talk I mean, of Lampard in there. No, I don't, I'm not having the Lampard, the Lampard thing. I mean, you know, he, he did a good job at Derby, but spent a shitload of money for the championship. Um, so he got found out pretty quickly at Chelsea. I mean, Gerard would be good, but I don't think he'd take it. It's not his sort of job. I think he wants to go Gerard, sort of club. Sure. You can't take a year's experience in a nothing league with a team that Two years. hasn't got any... Yeah, and he's won the league once. And I'm not being funny. Celtic aren't exactly any team to be bragging about. They struggle in League One. He would need. He's done more than what Southgate has done, though, in his whole career. No, he hasn't. He's won the Scottish League. He's won the Scottish League, Kev. I couldn't win the Scottish League. He's gone to the final of the Euros and the semi final of the World Cup. Yeah, but that doesn't mean anything. He hasn't won anything. He never won. He's got Middlesbrough relegated to now. Listen, the championship is a bit bigger and better league than the Scottish. Didn't he get Middlesbrough relegated? He did, yeah. But so, club football is a different beast, isn't it? You, you've got to look at budgets and things because obviously we're talking about spending and, you know, he wouldn't have had the biggest budget at, at Borough. So, and it, that was years ago. That was, what, 10, 15 10 years, years ago now. So, you know, it's it, you've got to discard that I don't want to see I wouldn't want to see Gerard do it but 
I think if you're no, talking about future, replacements... I think Gerrard's definitely a future England manager. There's no two ways about it. I just think giving him the job now on the basis of him winning the Scottish Premier League is mental. Yeah. Because the Scottish Premier League, like I say, I could win. I'm quite confident that I could take Rangers or Celtic and win that division. And I think anyone on this podcast could because it's such a it's such a tin pot division. I think I could take England though to a World Cup final with that team. Well, now see, here's the thing: <laughs> you're making ludicrous claims. I think the only way to settle this is a Shearer's Island podcast that carries on throughout the next year on Football Manager. We all take so, England, we yeah. all take Rangers, and we see who wins best. I think that sounds like a plan. It does to me. So anyway, looking back at you know at previous managers, any of these managers would have done a better job. I'll read them out. These are the previous you know eight or so: Allardyce, Hodgson, Capello, McLaren, Sven Goran Eriksson, Kevin Keegan. Any of those would have done a better job than Southgate with this group of players. I'd argue not a single one of them. No, none for me. I, I would have liked to have seen Allardyce give it a proper go. You know, if he hadn't been seen to be almost taking bribes. But uh, I don't think there's anybody in this country that wasn't a little bit sceptical when Southgate got announced. But I, I can't understand that anybody now, after the last three, four years under him, anybody now saying that they don't believe in Southgate. It's ludicrous. Well, they all say, they all back him publicly, don't they? And usually, I mean, players don't usually come out and badmouth a manager publicly, but what they'll usually do is say nothing and silence speaks volumes. Where most of these guys are coming out and giving him praise, aren't they? Even Grealish, who you think has got the rough end of the deal this tournament, he's, you know, even coming out and saying, yeah, I agree with his decisions. Where He doesn't have to say that. He could just say nothing at all. So mm. I, I think he's got the he's got the backing of the players. He's clearly got the backing of the FA, and I think he's got the backing of most fans as well. However, if he doesn't at least get us to the semi-finals of the World Cup next year, I think we're going to have to try something else because this group of players it's too good an opportunity to miss. But he deserves the World Cup at least. I think yeah. anyone who says he doesn't is absolutely nuts, to be honest. Well, I, I think because the tournament starts sort of back end of next november doesn't it the world cup yeah so we've got now this season to make the most of our english players this season is crucial now we've got to get Grealish to either a bigger club or we've got to see villa do something sensational which arguably they've got the team to do um sterling needs more game time or we need to give up on him um Kane needs to get to a bigger club and actually win something outside of Spurs. Like all these players that are looking to do big things now, you know, United are starting to look like a good team now and they've got Sancho back in the Prem. Like we will have the infrastructure next year to do something stupid. And yeah, it's, it's either terrible. go out in the groups or win it. It's. The, the team's there, and like we're saying, we're talking about golden generations. You know, for me, this is our golden generation in my lifetime now, in terms of, you know, back to front, the, the players that we've got. So, yeah, the next 18 months are going to be crucial, and we'll see how we do in the World Cup. We all, we all said coming into this tournament that the defence was the weakest part of our team, and no one was sort of confident about it. <laughs> see the two goals the whole tournament. Yeah. yeah. 
Seven, seven games later, how do we all feel about the defence? Because Harry Maguire and John Stones for me were sensational. Yeah, they they were all they were all great. I think all tournament. There was uh, a couple of moments in the Denmark game, weren't there, when I think it was Maguire sort of got caught out of position, looked a little bit shaky. But as an overall, yeah, he looked ridiculously good. And you know, Pickford won the Golden Glove. People were saying he was a potential weak point. So I think we were just focused so much on the on Harry Kane, who as an overall, if we're being honest, was a disappointing, I think. He had a good tournament. I don't think he had a bad tournament by any stretch, but he didn't do what, I suppose, what we was expecting him. We was expecting at least five or six goals, weren't we? Well, that's, but, that spells out the, the sort of expectations that we have of this team, doesn't it? Because exactly, you know, he scored yeah. four goals. It's not a bad tournament by any means. He won the golden boot at the World Cup with six. Yeah. I, no, not at all. I think it's just the fact that he was quiet in those first few games, one he? So, you know, mm. I think people were just expecting a bit more. And I think because of that, because we was focused so much on the attack, you just automatically assume the defence is weak. But even Kyle Walker, I thought he was outstanding. Mm-hmm. Um, Trippier, I thought was outstanding. Shaw, for me, was our player of the tournament. Because <laughs> that goal he scored in the final aside, I think, you know, most assists ever from an England left-back, I think, or maybe full-back, full-stop. So, yeah, I'm giving Shaw my player of the tournament. I think it, it was him for me. What what do you guys think about who's your player of the tournament? I'm going to go with Phillips. If you're talking about England team or tournament yeah. player. No, no, it, England. Um, yeah, Calvin Phillips. Just because the, I don't think anyone expected it from him, to be fair, um, to step up to that level. I mean, Shaw, obviously, before his injury, was a good player. I mean, he plays for United, though. Week in, week out, he's at that pinnacle, isn't he? Where Phillips has come up through sort of the championship and um, to step up to the plate and do what he done, I don't think he had a bad game. Did he he play, I mean, did he play every minute of every game? Almost. I think he got subbed off in the uh, Denmark or Ukrainian game. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, it's it's him for me. Um, or yeah, Pickford. Solid, yeah, Pickford's a good shot. I think a few shaky moments, but when he was called upon, he made some top saves, didn't he? Mm-hmm. I, I honestly can't, I can't make my mind up, and I honestly couldn't choose between Maguire and Pickford. I think, for me... They epitomise everything that we want as fans from a player in terms of with three lines on their shirt. And I think they're basically just fans playing. You know? like you can't ask for anything more. They're sensational on the pitch. And they've got the, I don't know what you want to call it, the, the work ethic, I guess, that you'd want from an England player. They've got that, that grit and determination as well, haven't they? Which exactly. Is, yeah. you know, Kane is a great player. He is. I think Maguire would be the better choice captain. Personally, but Kane's too professional for me. Yeah, it's too, too um, squeaky clean, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Whereas obviously Maguire, you know, he'll, he'll get the. I think he's, you know, probably one of the best and strongest centre halves we've had since Terry Ferdinand, John mm-hmm. Terry. Yeah, the, you know. Um, and he's not afraid to bribe Greek police, so you know. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So. <laughs> Yeah, he's got he's got a dirty streak about him, hasn't he? Which Harry Kane wouldn't do that, would he? <laughs> if that's what makes a good England captain, then it yeah. absolutely is. 
That, that, that's the measuring stick from now on. He's good, but would he bribe the Greek police? Yeah, that's that's what we need uh, from future Shearer's Island episodes. Is uh, when we, when it's a rating out of ten for a game, it's a rating of how likely they were to bribe a copper. <laughs> um, we're almost wrapped up. Just quickly, going around the table, how we're going to do in the next World Cup? I don't know. I'd like to think we can push again. Um, I mean, what we're talking, just over a year away, aren't we? So there's not going to be much of a change within the team. I don't think there's anyone sort of uh, up and coming on the fringe who who just missed out on a place that you'd think could get it this time around, would you? Rhys James. Potentially. Um, I think we'll see the end of Walker and Trippier. And the rise of Reese James and Trent before the next tournament. Potentially, oh, yeah. 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 Arnold, yeah. No, he'll be involved, won't he? 100%. Mm-hmm. Joe Gomez is so. fit now I, as well. I thought Trippy was outstanding. Mind you, he's getting He old was, now, but he's not... 31 now, isn't he? Yes. Yeah. You get how old he is. He's been around a long time, hasn't it? Yeah. I think you may lose more than likely, I would say, Stones. Potentially, he might. Not no, be there. Be involved in the next World Cup. I yeah, without that. I, I think the main, I think 90% of this squad will be the same squad going into that World Cup, barring any injuries. I think you might just see a difference in, like, you might see, depending on what season he has, how many goals he scores, you might see uh, Watkins in the side. Um, Ivan Tony, Dan, you never know. Could, I mean, uh, he probably he do the would business. deserve it if he has a good season. Well, if he does, it's if he scores thing. 25 goals, 30 goals, which... I'd be surprised if he did, but if he did, then he'd deserve a place, wouldn't it? I think the main thing we're going to see next year, not necessarily in terms of lineup changes, is just the development of these players. You know, Declan Rice is only just starting to get there. Give him another year in the Prem, and he's got European competition this year as well. He's going to grow into something special. Calvin Phillips, another year under Bielsa. Great, give it to him because he's going to start next year. It's, this team will remain majoritively the same. The only differences I expect to see is Grealish start more instead of Mount. Yeah. I, I think they've set uh, the bar, haven't they, though, as well. Now, they've put that pressure on themselves. I think going into the World Cup, there's going to be more pressure than there was going into the Euros. But that, yeah, no, be, be, no one's going to settle for anything less than a semi, are they? Well, that's why I expect... <laughs> <laughs> well... well they always left me smiling and satisfied (laughs) yeah so no one's going to settle for anything less than that um i think you need to look at not not on the pitch get to the semi-finals again i really do Um, i don't think you need to look at the team i think you need to look at the um the surroundings and the weather and it's it's playing football in a whole different yeah a bit in mind everyone's going to be suffering. So I don't think we can use that as an excuse too. Can't much. you know when you're coming up against teams from, from we, sort of South America? Yeah, they, they will have a bit of an advantage, but I don't think it will be too much of an advantage. I don't think we'll lose off the back of the heat, put it that way, but it will be a struggle. Um, but they'll be loving life, won't they, going over there for Christmas? So they won't be getting drizzled on all the time. But I, I think we'll get to the semi-finals again. I really do. Um, Anything which, less is a disappointment. Thinking that is, yeah, you might think now that 
that might just get into the semi might be a dis- disappointment. But you know, bear in mind the Euros again is only three years away, not four. So, and by the time the next Euros comes around, a lot of these younger players, they'll be around their peak. Well, they're not even at their peak yet. So, it's going to be an exciting next couple of tournaments, the next World Cup and the next Euros, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Is there anything we've missed? No. No. We've covered everything, haven't we? No tip of the week. Is yeah, of course, there's no tip of the week, but the only thing we do need to do is Savage of the Week. Savage of the Week. So put that on your radio station. I think it's pretty straightforward. One, it's got to be the England fans who were causing havoc, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The racists who decided it was it was fair to abuse someone because they missed a penalty get a fucking grip. Disgusting behaviour. I think um, it's time now that Twitter make you verify your accounts. Now, I think it's. It's the only way forward. It's the only thing that's going to stop it, isn't it? It's so easy to go on, isn't it, and set up a new account. In it is. You could do it in a minute. Yeah. Ridiculous. And these people shouldn't have a voice, unfortunately. Nah, yeah. So, passport, driving licence, I'd be happy to do it. So, I've got... Yeah, I'd do it. You get those who'd be like, I'm not not having Twitter track, track me and my movements. Well, fuck off then. Right, thanks everyone for listening to Shearer's Island during Euro 2020. I'm sure we'll be back for the road to the World Cup. I think we might need to call up one or two more, though. It's, even though we've got five, it has been quite difficult arranging these episodes, hasn't it? Just because, well, we've all got jobs and kids, haven't we? So it's, you know, adult life doesn't make it easy. So be sure to listen to other shows on the Cork Hill Network. Hold the salad and join Jared and Dan on the Yellow Block if you're a posh fan. And visit us on the socials at Shearer's Island to keep updated about when we'll be back. Bye.